ready to move the needle in the direction that counts? Yes. Developing the right blueprint in life and building a solid financial future can be very challenging. But here's a podcast that will help you make all the right moves and build equity you need to live the life that you deserve. Welcome to the Equity Movement Podcast. Welcome to the Equity Movement's first podcast. My name is Julius Cartwright and I'm the founder of the Equity Movement. I'm here to talk about cryptocurrency and why that's so important and why people love it, who understand it, and people who don't understand it are typically afraid of it. And my guest today is Asan Katemp. He's with WAP. We are blockchain. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what is his company, what his company does. And we're going to talk about what is cryptocurrency. And so with no further ado, we're going to kind of get into the dialogue. And I thank you guys for tuning in to this. Uh, if you want more information, you can go to our website, www.equitymovement247.com. Download our Equity Movement magazine. And you'll see that the May-June issue is centered around cryptocurrency, the next gold rush. And while, while it is so important for us to get involved and why it is a money-making opportunity. So with no further ado, you're on. Let's hear about WAB. We are blockchain. Tell us a little bit about your company. Welcome. I mean, uh, it's great to be here, Julius. Thank you for inviting us to... Uh, to be on your very first podcast. We're honored uh, to be a part of the equity movement and to be plugged into what you're doing. So I just want to say thank you for inviting us. You're welcome. Um, you know, you asked about us to tell you a little bit about WAB and, and our, our company. We're really, it's really not a company. It's a community that we've developed and we are blockchain uh, is about us really coming together and understanding that all of our value, all of our intellectual property, and everything that we have to offer is really locked in and chained together as one people, uh, one group. And if we can really bring the synergy of that together uh, as one collective, then we have the ability now at this point in time in history to create wealth in a magnitude that uh, most people may have only dreamed about. Uh, we have the ability now with cryptocurrency and blockchain present in our future and our present tense today to be able to create a level of wealth uh, over the next three to five to seven years that may have taken us 200 to 300 years to do without uh, the technology of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And one of the things that we're doing with We Are Blockchain is uh, using Unity as a commodity. So we set uh, We Are Blockchain Web, for short, up to be an environment that's built on a protocol of shared prosperity, the same way a blockchain is designed to be decentralized and allow anyone that wants to participate in that blockchain to participate in mining, to participate in any of the activities that help build wealth for the blockchain and for people that participate. Uh, we've done the same in the form of we are blockchain as a human blockchain where we know uh, and know it to be true that the greatest, the greatest technology that has ever existed since the history of time is the technology of our mind, 
and our thinking and that that's the most powerful computer is the brain, that there's nothing more powerful than uh, the brain and there's nothing uh, that can supersede our thoughts because thoughts precedes all substance. So for us, the greatest technology that has ever existed is uh, our thoughts and our minds and we brung together an environment that collectively brings our minds together and continue to grow our thinking, continue to expand our vision, continue to uh, develop us in our innovation and our creativity, and then begin to apply that to the tech technological age and the finance age, which have come together, which is called FinTech. And We Are Blockchain offers a environment where you can safely come learn, earn, and build a wealth in crypto assets and the knowledge of blockchain and cryptocurrency without being taken advantage of because you're totally in control of your own decisions, your own choices, and most importantly, your own assets. You do not turn uh, control of your own finances or anything over to anyone else. You're totally in control. You to totally uh, are able to learn how to be on the front end of technology, cryptocurrency, and blockchain. And we strive to be a mecca of, first of all, a mecca of black excellence, but excellence period for individuals that want to be a part of the new economy that's being driven by financial and tech combined, which they're calling FinTech, and to be on the front end of what is, again, the new economy of digital money, cryptocurrency, and so on and so on. So uh, for future generations to come, when you think of technology, when you think of finance combined, when you think of innovation, when you think of cutting edge uh, in inventions in the whole uh, STEM area of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, we want to be, and we we are growing to become the premier mecca ecosystem for you to be able to come there, find it, and also develop yourself into becoming that. So that's that's kind of what we brought together. Okay, okay. And let I me let me yeah. Let me let, let me chime in for because you mentioned something a little while ago about shared prosperity. I mean, I know in theory what that means, but in in the content of what you're talking about, what is shared prosperity and how would it work in your community? Okay, so when we talk about shared prosperity, it, it, it it's nothing really but community, commerce and unity. Uh, we live today in uh, models of business that really stems off of capitalism. And so when we talk about shared prosperity, it's from a whole nother paradigm and it comes from commerce and unity, where we do uh, commerce and unification with each other and not really trying to capitalize off of each other. Now, it does not mean that we're not here to, to build individual wealth as well as collective wealth, but the protocols, the applications, and everything that we embrace and get involved in must have a language and a structure to it that builds abundance beyond capitalism, meaning that we uh, co-op and we do things in such a nature that everyone within the community has the ability 
equally and fairly participate in the wealth of it beyond one or two people just capitalizing off of the rest of the individuals. And so when we talk about shared prosperity and a shared prosperity protocol, you're going to begin to see this being built in the new economy. And, and, and that's really what blockchain and cryptocurrency introduces, the ability where you really pre-distribute the wealth before it's built instead of trying to, once wealth is built, decide who gets what and, and, and it, really trying to see who would be fair with you. In a shared prosperity protocol, abundance beyond capitalism, we pre-distribute the wealth before the wealth even shows up. So when we build out uh, ventures, when we build out co-ops, when we work together, we predefine what it looks like for everyone that gets involved, how everyone will benefit. And because it's done on the blockchain and in cryptocurrency, and it is immutable, irrefutable, it can't be changed after the wealth shows up. So all everything that we embrace inside of We Are Blockchain, uh, any endeavors we do, any co-ops, uh, anything we add to the platform has to speak a language of shared prosperity that gives everybody involved the, the equal opportunity and the right to participate in the wealth at the same level of participation. Got it. I see. I see. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about crypto. What is crypto? What does crypto mean to you? And how long have you been involved with it? How did you come to get engaged with it? Well, we've been in cryptocurrency for, you know, I get a little uh, lost on time because you you know that when you're doing things you love, you don't even really keep track of time. I, I, you know, it's been about six years now. And um, we've been in crypto, uh, you know, from the very beginning of us and our inception in crypto, we've gotten involved from a standpoint of really wanting to know the details, really wanting to know how it functions, uh, the intricacies of it, and how to even program blockchain and cryptocurrency, which is what we do. And so we got involved with crypto about six years ago. We seen it earlier than that. We, you know, we had a chance to really uh, be involved with crypto when it first, uh, when Bitcoin first created its Genesis block in 2008 and really passed it up because we didn't have a, a concept or our paradigm really didn't lend to us understanding how huge cryptocurrency would be and really what cryptocurrency was. You know, we didn't really think that uh, digital money and all of that would, would, would be a real viable thing and just said, you know, we always going to have paper money, you know, sort of like we get stuck into, you know, everybody thinking we was going to always have eight tracks. You know, I had an uncle that just loved eight tracks, but we don't have eight tracks anymore. And so, you know, I fell in love with CDs, you know, and thought that CDs would never disappear. But now CDs are digital. So when I seen crypto in 2008, you know, I really didn't have a concept of what it was and how huge it would be because it was already being intertwined into the, the society and into the psyche. And so many people might say, well, no, I don't think it was. But if you look back, we've been using digital money. Uh, it just not has not been cryptographically um, inputted, but we've been using digital money for 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 a while now, because if you have a Visa or a MasterCard, 
you've been using digital money. And so if you go to um, get your, 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 your phone popped off at a T-Mobile, you're using these digital money because you go into a Walmart or you go into uh, a CVS and you get a top off card, you know, CVS or Walmart is not sending physical money to T-Mobile at that instant. And, and they're uh, then taking the payment, you know, it's all being done digitally. That's true. And so you go in, you, you see, and so if you go to a, um, if you go to check into a motel or hotel now, you can't even use physical money because the system has already started preparing us for a cashless society. And so, but back in 2008, I really couldn't grasp that we had already been using digital money, so this is not too far-fetched. So it seems a little too far-fetched. But what really what happened and really got me really to know that this was something huge is when I re-looked at it and took a look at it again around 2000, uh, let's say 14, maybe 2015, uh, and uh, and looked at what happened in 2012. It, it went up a little bit more, but when I looked at it in 2000, like 13, 14, uh, and the end of 15, because I just kept watching it, I looked at if someone had an invested. $35 in Bitcoin back in 2008. In 2000, between 2012 and in that 15 mark, they would have had $480 million. Wow, that's a lot of money. Whew. Yeah, yeah it, it blew me away and I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, are you serious? Wow. And, and this is real. I'm not talking about like, you know, make-believe. Like, you can look today and you have tons of people that became billionaires. I mean, literally billionaires in crypto as a result of getting in uh, in 2008 when crypto, you could have got 100,000 Bitcoin, 100,000 individual Bitcoins, you could have got for $35 in 2008. Wow. And in, yeah, 2015, to be exact, Bitcoin topped out at $450 a coin. That's $45 million from a $35 investment. Yeah, that's that's significant. I mean, nothing else competes with that real estate, stocks, bonds, nothing. It's no. it's it's no. why we call it the no. gold rush. Amazing. No, no. Now, here's what's even more amazing, Julius. If you'd have still held that same $35 worth of Bitcoin, which would have gave you 100,000 coins, mind you, in 2018, Bitcoin topped at 20000 a coin, and that $35 would have been worth $2 billion. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. You'd have put <laughs> right? you in a billionaire so, club so, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 2015, I asked, again, I started looking at it maybe around – 2013, 12, and really said, I'm, I'm going to follow it. I watched it go to like $85 and all this. Still, never having a concept of it was going to do anything. At 2015, when I seen that, I said, you know what, I got to get serious about it. Started really getting serious about it. And, uh, you know, we developed WAP. I think, uh, you know, we started really conceptualizing it around 2015, 16, and then, uh, started building out the back end of it. And crypto is just the next level of digital money, okay, to answer your question. 
And so all it means is digital money that's cryptographically uh, stored on a blockchain or a ledger like a, a spreadsheet that cannot be erased or uh, is immutable. It, it, can no one wake up and say, oh, yeah, you had $2 million on this ledger yesterday, but because I don't like you, I'm erasing it. Or you got $2 million on this ledger, I'm just going to go on the ledger and take it from you and take, uh, take this amount from you for any, uh, any reason that I want to. Digital money on someone's ledger, whether it be a bank's ledger, whether it be a third-party firm ledger that is not cryptographically stored and secured, mean they can go at any time and access it and change the ledger, then you really have no type of financial security there. With cryptographic ledgers, which is what cryptocurrency is, the ledger is cryptographically stored and uh, secured where you can't break into it, no one can break into it without the person's uh, keys, what they call private keys, to unlock the ledger and read the ledger and access what's on the ledger. And, and, and I don't care what technology you got or anything, if you don't have those private keys, you can't get it. So cryptographic ledgers, crypt cryptography, cryptocurrency, only gives you the next level of digital money that cannot be uh, made up, it's immutable, it's, it's refutable. If I send you a billion dollars in Bitcoin right now, a million dollars in Bitcoin right now, and you cryptographically have it stored on your own wallet, no one can get at it but you or only the person you get the keys to. That is huge when we start talking about financial wealth building and freedom and the ability to leave money to generations and generations, because if your wealth or what you're building for your family can be taken, uh, infringed upon, you have no financial security. Correct, correct. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question before you move forward. Um, um, why now? Why crypto now? Why is crypto coming into being? Most people think it's a fad. It's not going to last. Why has that happened recently in the last, you know, 10, 11, 12 years? I mean, why is that coming into play now? Well, you know, there's a number of philosophies out there why. Um, if, if we had to look and, 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 and just talk about the evolution of money, it's almost inevitable um, because, you know, money has always changed how it has operated. And so now we're moving to more of money as a thought, more of money as a construct, and money as an idea, money as uh, usage. And so this is why we're getting away from physical money because more so than just money as a means of exchange, we're now beginning to see money as a construct and usage. And so therefore, when you begin to talk in that vein, and again, you need security on that money, you have to have a way that you can, you can build a system that is devoid the ability for someone to corrupt the system and damage the system. And that's what cryptography does. 
And so, and, and I'm trying to kind of just answer this in the most basic way that I can, can without a lot of philosophy, because again, there's a lot of philosophy around there. A lot of people can say why they see it's coming now, but I can tell you that the quote unquote mystery inventor, Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, introduced Bitcoin during the last financial collapse of the banking system. And he introduced it in sort of a way to be a financial safety net or uh, to stop a windfall for individuals at the time, especially individuals that were wealthy, to be able to store their wealth and to be able to uh, keep their wealth. We know that um, if you don't have financial privacy and the ability to uh, keep your wealth secure, then how can you, again, build a future for future generations? How can you uh, build wealth of any kind? So when you look at right now with everything that goes on with third parties and the banking system has collapsed uh, and been bailed out and you have so much financial uncertainty, the move for cryptocurrency brings a global world market into play where money is actually literally evolving back into the hands of the people that produce the resource for money to even be need to be possible anyway. So now you have a way that the actual individuals that's creating the value also have a way of creating the way of monetizing that value where before you had central parties and governments monetizing value, but not really even the creators of the value. So, so currency. So let me, let me chime in real quick on something. So I've heard you in the past say that this kind of levels the playing field. So that means the super rich, the uh, high net worth individuals versus the individual, let's say that's on welfare and, you know, or someone that's in a third world country how does this level the playing field? Can you kind of speak to that to our audience so that they have a better understanding? Well, yeah, for the first time in history, you know, for the first time in history, outside of central banks and coinage of that and money in that way, for the first time in history, from a free world market, everyday people have an opportunity to participate in a global world economy of commerce that exists outside of central authority and elite control. So when you look at that, this has never happened in history. Before, you know, if you if someone went and even you wanted to create your own form of money, you're going to jail for counterfeit. That's true. Well, well, today, cryptocurrency, which is not even looked as money, which is, you know, they're still up in debate in Congress about is cryptocurrency real money or, or is it a security or, or is it just a bartering tool? Whatever you want to say about it, it's the first time in history that globally, worldwide, there's been an accepted medium that can buy goods and services barter goods and services, exchange goods and services, and even wealthy people are storing their monetary value in it. And we get the chance for the first time in history at a civilian level 
to participate in that type of monetary movement that is transferring billions to everyday people. You don't need uh, a certain diploma. You don't have to have a certain degree of education. You don't have to have a green card. You don't have to have a passport. You don't even need ID. You can download a cryptocurrency wallet today on your cell phone, and you can receive crypto from anyone in the world that wants to send you a form of cryptocurrency, and you can send it to them. You can buy goods and services. I mean, you can go online today, and there's tons of luxury cars, luxury houses, and and tons of services that will accept cryptocurrency from so you directly. Speak to, so speak to, a, speak to some of those uh, companies now or places that you can go and use crypto. I heard like Walmarts and some of the other places are accepting it. What, what are some of the places that you can actually use cryptocurrency now to buy goods and services? Well, I mean, everywhere, you know, if not directly, a lot of them have plugged into, uh, you know, middle type of APIs, which means just, uh, I don't want to say third party, but they plugged into a technology in between them that, that they've made their service available as a conduit on the back end, as well as directly. But if you go to Expedia, Expedia takes cryptocurrency. Um, there are tons of gold and, uh, and, and, and silver uh, mining places all over the U.S., all over the world, you can type them online. They take cryptocurrency for gold and silver purchases. You got uh, luxury yacht dealers. Uh, I was just looking at the other day. There's tons of luxury yacht dealers that take cryptocurrencies directly. They have this first million dollar home, and it was right here in the U.S. that was transferred title, bought through Bitcoin. You can research that. That's that that that's uh, on the internet. So this. You know, and now Starbucks, along with Microsoft, along with Amazon, and some more players are part of a consortium that's just created a central uh, place that will work as an arm that will interact where they will be direct. They will be taking cryptocurrency. You can go in Starbucks and you're going to be able to buy, uh, you know, anything with cryptocurrency from Starbucks. Now, Starbucks directly is not converting the cryptocurrency and accepting it. Again, there's a consortium that they put together where this uh, technology will automatically, when you spend it at Starbucks, accept it, convert it over, Starbucks get what they get, and so on and so on. But Starbucks is the major player that has invested millions into that entity along with Microsoft, along with uh, Amazon and some of the other players that are that are behind the scenes. So again, if a lot of them are not directly right now taking cryptocurrency up front, they're doing it through a another entity which either they put together or they combined uh, forces with. And as it continues to move forward and more and more and become mainstream, a lot of them are just going to go start, start taking it direct. You have a, a, a company called, well, not really a company, but the New York Stock Exchange has their own division that they launched called BACKT, B-A-K-K-T, where they're going to uh, be announcing that, that that the stock market is going to be run on a blockchain and they're going to be doing uh, Bitcoin futures and so on and so on and so on. So what we're seeing now is and behind the And by the way, the by scene, the way let, me, let, me, let me mention one thing. Subway does accept uh, crypto. Yeah, Subway yeah. does. Yeah. Subway does accept crypto. Um, and you, when, you, when you ask me, 
it's just so many taking them right now. My mind drew a blank, but I, I have a, um, we have a link that shows, you know, documentation of the banks that's getting involved. I mean, JP Morgan Chase now just announced that they're doing their own form of cryptocurrency. You got Lloyds of London that just provided a uh, million dollar insurance to uh, secure uh, some of the wallets that if people put their cryptocurrencies in there and something happened to it, Lords of London is now backing it and securing the cryptocurrency. I mean, you have all of this going on behind the scenes. Fidelity is, 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 is beginning to launch a trading platform where you can trade cryptocurrency on their platform. And so, and then I Facebook mean, is, is coming out with their own coin too. Facebook is coming out with their Absolutely. own coins too. So Absolutely. I don't, Facebook I don't know how that's going to interface with what's going on, but you know they're getting in the, well, involved with Facebook. That. Just uh, just announced a coin called Libra. They went outside of the United States to 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 launch the company that will be presenting Libra. And there, there's a whole lot going on with that because you know Facebook is considered really as its own country. If you really dig in deep into it, that's the type of influence they have. That's the type of reach they have. One of the things that they are really, really uh, in, up in airs about is Facebook did not only go so far as to release their own currency, cryptocurrency, Jew, Julius. They went on to create their own reserve. Like the Federal Reserve, they have their own reserve with oh this. Goodness. So when they launched their own currency, the backing of their currency which will be fiat, they're going to back it in several different fiat currencies, like a basket of them, but they're going to hold their own reserves. It, it'll be totally separate from like the Federal Reserve or any of the central banking. So in, 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 in terms, they're starting their own central bank and backing their own currency. Wow. So you can see where that's going to, that's having a little pull in Congress. They're, 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 they're up in the air about that. And anyone can go and just research the news on that, and they'll begin to see the, the, the legitimacy of that. But that's some of, of, of what they're kind of like, wow, what is this going to actually do in this whole arena? Because Facebook is taking it to a whole nother level and changing the game to a whole nother degree. So wow. we have now, now you, you asked early, and I was getting into it. Now, I want you to think about how huge that is that we now can play on that playing field and have a vehicle that could take $35 to $2 billion, have the ability to take people in our families, in our communities that can invest pennies in themselves, not in nobody else, because the investment is in yourself by believing in where this thing is going, and then you just secure some coins for yourself. That we have the ability to take pennies and put into this vehicle, and it has the potential to turn into millions, if not billions, what would that do for us? What could we do? What couldn't we do? That's huge. And I mean, that would change that, the landscape. We talk about financial disparity, which is what we cover in the equity movement. And this is a game right. changer for the equity movement because right. if the average person, and if they're making 30, 40, 50,000 or whatever number that they're making on a fixed income and they got fixed, fixed expenses, they really can't go to the next level barring somebody leaving them an inheritance or them hitting a lottery That's or right. something like that, uh, either That's trimming right. down their debt or being able to acquire assets or buy properties. This seems like it's a vehicle that would help people be able to do that. Right. And, and, and mainly because of the exponential velocity it puts on our money. 
You see what I'm saying? It's 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 the speed of, of the speed of growth it puts on our money, where nothing else could do that for us. And so therefore, this is why we say what we can do in unity over the next three to five seven years would have took us 300 years to do without it, but it's huge, as you just said. I want you to imagine, Julius, if we had a 1,000 people in our community that just put $100 in a coin and that coin went to $10,000 a coin, okay? What would that do for us? You, you got the ability now where you have got some individuals that put $100 into some coins, now they're worth 10,000, and you got 1,000, you just do the math, a thousand times ten thousand is nothing for those individuals to say. You know what? Let's take two thousand of this a piece and let's go buy a hotel or let's do some Airbnb. Oh, yes. You see, and so that's what we're talking about with the equity movement is putting together some strategic plans that, if you come and get involved with the equity movement, which is building. It's movement on top of the WAP protocol because all we're doing is underlining the movement with the protocol and the guidance and the education. But by joining the equity movements, uh, you know, uh, crypto uh, movement, whatever we, you know, whatever we're going to take it into, there's a set plan that as the as the wealth is being built, not only are you building wealth for yourself. But together we're doing something collective, collective in this movement in the way of real estate and everything that you have expertise in. And so there's like a blueprint. So they don't have to wonder where to go when the money show up. Wow. Wow. We got to wind this one. We got to get ready to wind this particular first episode of the podcast on cryptocurrency. But we're going to bring you back to go deal with part two this is part one and as you can see he's very passionate he's very energized he's very excited about this opportunity because he lives and breeds crypto i know a lot of people talk about it. a lot of people talk about that they research it but this is what Hassan does each and every day he eats sleeps and drinks crypto and if you didn't hear the passion coming out in his conversation uh, then you probably need to go back and listen to this podcast a second time because he really has tied things in. And I hope for our listeners, it has helped them to evolve and helped them to better understand the direction that this is going in, the direction of our financial system and the direction and the opportunities. And we're going to come back in, in, in part two and we're going to talk about uh, what just recently happened with crypto this year, uh, go, uh, toward the end of last year, it, it dropped down. This year it started one number and it escalated. It's gone up three three times the value of where it was at the beginning of this year and what that means to you and who benefited from it and, and how you can still benefit. And we're going to talk about wallets and so on and so, so forth. So we'll get into that dialogue in, in, in the next episode. If you want to chime in on any closing remarks, uh, sign, please do. Well, just in closing, again, I want to thank you for who you are, and, and and I watch you, and I watch you do some amazing things. And the equity movement, I think, is is just something phenomenal that's that's going to bless a lot of people. And I watch you always look for a a, a way to be on the cutting edge and bring change to the community. Um, if you're listening and have an opportunity to get involved with the equity movement, get involved in where the equity movement is going in its whole crypto phase, 
I encourage you to do so. We look forward to, to you being a part of it because we're going to do some amazing things and we're going to, like he said, change the landscape of where we're headed at, 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 as a group and as a people. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, again, go to our website and there's a whole spread. It was a cover story of our May, June issue of the equity movement. That's one of the ways that we reach people through magazine, television, and of course, radio and podcast, which you're listening to now. And if you, if you download the May, June issue, there's a lot of detail talking about crypto, where it's headed and, and, and those opportunities. So please go there and visit our website at www.equitymovement247.com and follow us on all the social media outlets. We thank you for listening and, and tuning in and stay tuned for all our podcasts as we share them weekly with you. And this is Julius Cartwright, the founder, and I'm closing out with Hassan Katip. This is part one of Cryptocurrency, and we'll be back to discuss part two with you in the coming weeks. So make sure that you stay chimed in. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Equity Movement Podcast, where we showcase and educate evolving entrepreneurs on financial wellness and so much more. For more information, visit us at www.equitymovement247.com and follow us on all the social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and our YouTube channel. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday, noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 Central Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll see you next week.